On today's episode, we're discussing some high-profile yet under-the-radar financial crime stories. According to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, in 2021, there were over 92,000 older victims of fraud, resulting in $1.7 billion in losses. Think about that. $1.7 billion in losses because of the elderly abuse. That's a 74% increase in losses compared to 2020. Today, I speak with Karen Songer, who is an employee of Veritex Bank and works in our financial crimes department. Karen's been in banking and financial crimes since 2001, and we're excited to talk to her about some things that she sees in our banking industry and how you can protect yourself from financial crimes. I'm really interested in talking about this because, you know, it's fun to talk about something other than just banking as, you know, while we take the pause, it's this, but really what our other members of our team do and talk about just how we help protect the people who we live and work with. And just two days ago, Karen, I had two emails from people that we had helped stop scams that people were scammed on just because we asked a few questions and found out a little bit. So I'm really interested that. I, I I tell everybody the best defense is a great customer service because yeah. if we if we can just really have our that hands on with that customer and that treat them as an individual and not just that number passing through the lobby or whatever yeah. we're going to get so much further by helping them prevent anything that's going to be happening to them but it's a customer service and teaching the right customer service and how to ask those harder questions right you know, I'm just a jokester and I'm like hey somebody comes up to a teller window and I was a teller they're getting 10,000 or you know whatever the numbers are yeah. you know there I'm like so you're going gambling because you know I would love to go I make it fun for me anyway the customer and I typically because I'm kind of a goofball I typically get good responses yeah. you know but that's how I produce customer service that yeah. customer service you know to make sure they understand that they're my focus. I want to know what's going on with them, but in the most, you know, benign way. And then if something comes up, then they move on and then I look into it. Yeah, I think that's great. It really is the way we handle our customers that will make the largest difference in saving them from scams and and, in anything or give them a platform to know that they're safe to come and talk to us about it. Yeah, I think that's interesting you talk about that because a lot of people think about banks helping them stay safe. I mean, they may, you know, you hear a lot about online banking and online things like that, but so much of this is by email and gaining trust of that individual who may be somewhat vulnerable, but listen, I've seen a lot of smart people fall for stuff that um, yeah, I'm, yes, shocked. I <laughs> I'm shocked that they fall for. But listen, you. you know, it happens, right? I mean, we've yeah, all been absolutely. kind of enamored when someone's trying to get us a deal that sounds too good to be true. And most of the time it is, but yeah. I, I get it. If it hasn't happened to you with your pocketbook, it has definitely probably happened to you in the workforce. Right. And it's kind of the same difference, to be honest. You know, <laughs> you're blown away and you're covered with smoke and you just don't want to see <laughs> out of it. And so yeah. uh, I'm to be really good at blowing smoke at customers trying to get more information though. <laughs> I love that. I, I think most people want to talk about that. So I do want to talk about this people with a purpose. That's what we're talking about. So one of the areas that we want to talk about today is just some of the different things that we that you've seen that people can learn from, but just that this is a daily occurrence. I think I'm not sure people realize how much it happens and how much we find. I mean, listen, we don't catch it all. None of us. No, no, we try to be perfect, but we just, we just can't. So that's how much it is. So 
Let's talk it's about it for a little bit. It's kind of the fail safe that we do in the back. We try our best to, in our department, where we're looking for financial crime. I tell people it's all about patterns and seeing what is normal for yeah. not just one set of cultures, because you've got a whole different range of cultures within your bank. And every culture does things differently. Right. So getting to know your customer and on all the rules that the government has put on us to get to know our customer, we really should know a pretty good amount of detail from them from the get-go. And that's where that building of that trust and that communication is. Because if we don't provide them with a an open doorway mm-hmm. from that beginning moment, even online, because there's still contact that we make with those right. customers. So driving home that education within conversation and, and every time we talk to them, you know, we still ask, how's it going? Because we do have different segments of our society that are isolated. If we want to talk about elderly abuse, it runs incredibly rampant, so much so that I would put it in a really high bracket, like 60 to 70% of the elderly are being taken advantage of in one way or another. Can we and, talk about that, Karen? Let's talk about uh, maybe a you know, particular case and we can talk a little bit more about what you see, but I think people don't understand how rampant it is. Right. And uh, the case I'd like to talk about was kind of earlier in my career, but I've had many kind of almost up to this level, but this one kind of tops everything. Yeah. And, and it was a an elderly woman who her husband had passed away, which there begins that isolation and loneliness with that, the elders, the elderly right. group, which by the way is 55 and up. It is not 65. I guess that's me. You know, because it's that we want to make sure that every, I'm not too far off of that either, but <laughs> we, we want to make sure everybody has a chance. I mean, because spouses start dying, plus that loneliness starts creeping in by the time we're probably 55 if we don't have good, solid support around us. But this woman, she had some good support around her. Her kids were phenomenal. But because of her pride, she answered an email about the lottery. And she had to send so much money and so she would get the money. And we finally figured out that something was going on about $100,000 in. Mm. Just because it was, we didn't have, back then, we didn't have all the software. Well, it was my tellers, you know, going, hey, Karen, she's doing it again. She's pulling out cash in this odd amount. And I just, I don't feel good about it, you know, and she was doing it real regular. So I began to sit and talk to her. And she was, she had just, she was so prideful. That's right before the fall moment. And I began to talk to her about it because she told us she was trying to get this lotto money. (laughs) Yeah. So I was able to convince her to open up to me and and talk to me. And she didn't. She's like, I'm good. I'm good. And so she left the bank at that moment. And then, you know, a day later comes back and then just sets with me and just cries and said, yes, I know that they're taking advantage of me. I don't know how to stop it. At this point, she's $125,000. And so we go through educator. And when there's elderly abuse, all rules, all banking rules, customer privacy, that all goes out the window. They want to get that group of people help immediately. So we can call the family. We can call law enforcement. We can call whoever we need to. Of course, required, then we have some other phone calls to make to APS and and just to help to see if there's any help that's needed. So we're sitting there and and she admits to. So I call and we get a, a deputy to come visit with her at that time and kind of give him the rundown. 
And so I thought, okay, well, good. we've got her all taken care of. And I sent her on her way again. And one but a couple more days, she comes back in and she asked for me specifically. She was shaking when I got to her. And I was like, what's going on? And she says, well, I was. I told them I wasn't going to send them any more money. And then they called me back and told me because it started an email, by the way, and built that phone, those phone calls. Right. And they had told her that they had mailed a package to her that had a bomb in it. And it was sitting on her front porch. Oh my gosh. So all heck breaks loose. And I, of course, we don't call 911 because we don't want everybody coming to the bank with the guns loaded. So I call back to the police department and I get the deputy and actually several of them came because of this issue. And we were able to get a hold of her son and the, the family went with law enforcement out to the house. Right. You know, when it's not like this is a rural area. It's not like they have a bomb squad. They just have to just go tippy toe through to go make sure there's nothing wrong. And so I sat with her that afternoon and, and we were able to really kind of at least stop the bleeding. The, the cops and the family made sure that she was safe to go home. But it took almost the whole community, police department, the whole bank and her family to get it to where she was safe again. Mm -hmm. Just because she answered an email. And so we've, we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves to educate any person that would fall into a category of, oh, you know, I know you're 25, but I know that you've lost a spouse and you don't have a whole lot of support. It's not necessarily for me the age anymore. It's that vulnerability because I taught my daughter She's 26. I've taught her hands down and she'll, you know, what is and what looks right and what doesn't look right. And she's like, she tells them, you know what, if you keep messaging me, I'm going to call my mom and she works at the bank for financial crime and she's going to turn you in. She just goes down the whole street and I'm like, go ahead, use me. I'm great with that. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be mama bear for you every time. So, and, and I worked with her on a case that she, we actually filed stuff through IC3, which is a local fraud website uh -huh. for all law, law enforcement. And I right. worked with her to, to put a filing through there due to one of the, those communications. So they come to us all. I, I get them through Instagram and Facebook, and then there's Twitter, and then there's TikTok, and all of those apps where we all are vulnerable. And if we don't teach everybody to to go with what's normal, right? look at it. Is this normal? Is this too good to be true? Kind right. of or just something that we need to set back and wait and see what happens, <laughs> but never, ever, ever respond to anything that wants any, you know, money from you. That's not normal. Nobody's going to want that. If they do, they're sending you a piece of paper in the mail. Right. Let's, be, let's be real. So if we don't reach out and educate them and educate them while they're in our teller windows. Right. While they're making those transactions, I personally in the teller window have stopped multiple transactions where I knew that that person was scammed. Right. No, 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 we're not. We're not playing. No, I'm sorry. We just cannot help you with that. Again, customer service. Right. And we sell that as a protection to of the customer. And, you know, like, I don't want you to lose this money. You're going to lose this money and go through those things. But it, it's a constant education from every member of the bank to help facilitate dissemination of that knowledge. Now, I think that's true, Karen. I think one of the biggest things that I've seen just in 40 years of banking is that you'd seen it all, but I've seen lots of really, what I would call intimidating and original, how they get the money and how they, you know, try to, to I'm going to use the word finesse and or, you know, really 
intimidate people mm-hmm. that don't do it. Unfortunately, I, I don't, it's not just, I mean, elderly, of course, are, are a little more vulnerable to it, but it can happen to anyone. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I see with the bank is that we really are working to try to protect our clients' money and their assets. And so sometimes, when we ask what could be perceived as sensitive questions. Yeah. It's because we care. I mean, it's their money. They can do what they want, but also we don't want to see that happen. And I think that's one thing that people miss with banking, that it's really, it's not an invasion of privacy when you do the right thing. You're just asking some questions, right? So. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. It's when you get squirrely, when you ask you, you know, if you're going to the casino and then you, you don't <laughs> answer me. And you are. Well, you're not going to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Karen. It's been nice talking to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. All right. Thanks, Karen.